Good morning everyone. Welcome to my channel. Currently where we are doing the Rahu and the Ketu studies. We are in the part 5 of this series and we are taking it all through 12 zodiac signs and all the 27 nakshatras and through each and every step that it takes or the Pada. Right. Before we get into it, a quick note for you to think about Rahu and Ketu. You need to think about all these things more deeply, yes? Rahu and Ketu, when they are falling in fixed signs, that is Aquarius and Leo axis, or if it's falling in Taurus and Scorpio axis. These are fixed signs, right? Zodiac, fixed zodiac signs. When they fall in fixed zodiac signs, they have a tendency to make it difficult for the person. What do I mean by difficult? Well, it's a relative term. But what happens is the fixed signs have a difficulty with moving. Just seeing it the psychological point of view here. The fixed signs have a difficulty of changing. That's the challenge they face. Because they are fixed in their nature. They want to say one thing and to the exclusion of all other things. This is the way it is and that's not the way it is. Or this is how I am and this is the, those are the people who are wrong. So this is, this is the fixed nature of the fixed signs. Aquarius and Leo, Taurus and Scorpio. So now we are talking about the Aquarius-Leo axis, right? We are still in that. In this one, we are talking about the Shatabhisha, Nakshatra and Aquarius, and which moves between the Padas of Purva Falguni and Magha Nakshatra and Leo. Who will be the ones who are most interested in this? The children who are born in the shift. So we are talking about the shift between 1987 and going up till 2040. So all children who are born in the shift will pick up this much more stronger. It's not that the other people are just, you know, whiling away their time. It doesn't mean such a thing. But these ones who are born in 2007 and ones who are born in 1989. As you can see over there, I've stuck these things up here somewhere. So I plotted the chart for you to see where the axis is coming and it's coming more for all people who are born in 2007-8 and 1988-89. Shatabhisha and Purva Falguni Maga on the other side. So Rahu in Shatabhisha and Ketu in Purva Falguni and Magha Nakshatra. And if you have seen some previous videos of this, you can skip the introduction to Rahu Ketu principles, basically, as told by the classical Vedic texts and so on. And move directly to the pie chart where we do the sequential analysis of how this works. Okay. Right. So let's get into it. So number one, the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, What is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon found by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah, So these Two intersection points are called the North Node and the South Node. They are virtual nodes, although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I am using the same symbol here. 
Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severe head of a demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay? So it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing since it has no arms or body or stomach, right? just a head which is alive. This gives Rahu the title of Bhogakaraka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits. So think any earth sign for example, they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after, Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything. This is an energy in us by the way, it is not a planet, it's a virtual node but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why. So it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something. It wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next. This is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severe body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab onto everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything, but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp onto everything, thinking Oh, I want this or I am this I am that I am this not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there since it has arms and walks everywhere it goes around through life walking from place to place people situation circumstances but not knowing who or what it is it doesn't have a head this is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path the one energy in us which seeks something that's why Ketu is called the Moksha Karaka. Now, this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now, we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now, here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Suvada. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. Okay. The North Node of the Moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this.
Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion, and delusion. This is the downside. Now, how this plays out and why we'll have to see individually in the charts. We will still see that. Okay. Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis, okay? There you are. So you see it as an axis, okay? 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses it can play out in 1 7 2 8 3 9 4 10 etc etc we will see that later but this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life in your different houses are you looking for these two aspects and they are always opposite to each other as you can see okay to stand opposite to each other so if it plays out in second house it detaches itself from the 8th house. If Rahu is in the 2nd house, it, Ketu will be in the 8th house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the 8th house aspect with these aspects shown here. 2nd house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition. And what's the story on this? Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor. And the lunar aspect is the nakshatra. Which gives the entire characteristics and the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay? The solar or the dispositor means since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own. Remember, it's a virtual node. It is not a planet. They both do not have any planetary characteristic individually. So they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in suppose mercury is in the third house okay and rahu sits in the house of mercury somewhere else so it will borrow the attributes of mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house wherever rahu is sitting in got it nakshatras since rahu and ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own individually they take on the shade of personality nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality it's coloring of a personality it's seeing the world through different colored glasses that they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities so rahu and ketu do two things at the same time at the solar level it goes with the dispositor that is all of the planets physical planets mercury mars venus sun moon so on 
So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu sits in Cancer, it will you have to look for where Moon is sitting, which house, and what it is doing there, and even the Moon nakshatra. If it is sitting in Leo, Rahu in Leo, that means it you have to look for where Sun is sitting and which nakshatra and which house. So it will bring those attributes. That's the way you have to analyze this. Okay. Let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why. Now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating Rahu and Ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self-development to understand where they are coming from. If you are not interested in changing yourself, this entire channel is useless for you. But if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life, where do I need to go, what are my talents and you question these kinds of things, excuse the noise somebody is drilling about. So then you need to understand these aspects. Now that's the typical chart, Indian chart. And house numbers are depicted as 1, 2, 3, 4, up till 12. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is there. And I have stuck Rahu Ketu as possible axis on the 1, 7. That is Aries and Libra. That is the top and the bottom. So either it can go to house number 1 or 7. Rahu Ketu can be reversed. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Or in 4 and 10. Now 1, 4, 7 and 10 in Vedic Astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are. That define how you operate in life, throughout life. So these become crucial. Why? The 1, 7 axis effects if Rahu and Ketu fall on there has a direct effect on yourself and other concept. 1 and 7 is self and other. How you re relate to yourself and how you relate look at the world around you as others including the spouse because 7th house is the house of the spouse but also others. So how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others. So it defines who you are in a very broad sense. 1, 7 axis of Rahu Ketu. The 410 on the other hand, 4th house being the house of the mother, 10th being father, 4th being home, 10th being career. You see, this has a, you know, all kinds of implications which define who you are. The 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career, right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So heart and home is affected by this Rahu Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the 4th, Ketu might be in the 10th or vice versa. Same way with 1 and 7. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now what about the rest of the houses? Now rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona in Sanskrit, right? These are the things that come and go in your life. Let it be second house, third house, fifth house, sixth, eighth, ninth, eleventh, the twelfth. These are the things that come and go in our life, through life, through your entire life. These are things that are added into, subtracted from us. But this is not us. One, four, seven, and ten is us. Everything else is secondary, which revolves around you as life comes and goes. All other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life. That's all it is. They are less significant in terms of Rahu and Ketu when compared to 1, 7, 4 and 10 axis of Rahu and Ketu. Please remember this. When you are evaluating, 
you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one so there you have it rahu is now sitting in the fourth pada of shatpesha remember we are doing this counterclockwise because that's the movement of the nodes of the moon the north and the south node of the moon so now it is sitting in the fourth pada of shatbhisha which is marked there in aquarius my slides are getting slightly better and the ketu is falling in the opposite sign of leo in purva falguni so what are the themes that can play out here first of all dispositors always the first order of business is dispositors aquarius leo is the push and pull between saturn and sun so you aquarius means you got to look at where saturn is placed uh, leo means you got to look at where the sun is placed because rahu in this case will try to behave like saturn wherever it is placed on the other hand ketu will try to behave like wherever sun is placed in the chart the behavior of rahu and ketu is one of imitation they are great imitators they don't have an identity of their own but they borrow the identity of the dispositor or the disposition of those planets okay so now we are in the fourth pada which is the moksha moksha whenever you hear the word moksha think emotion first don't try to directly go to god and spirituality just think moksha means emotional content which we are looking for so in the fourth pada shatbisha has a lot of intense emotion and you got to also see the themes and the deity of the nakshatra shatbisha is ruled by varuna who is also called the god of cosmic waters or of water itself the physical water of the earth so there itself we have a theme of highly intense emotions which are internalized because shatbisha is very very secretive in nature although being aquarian in nature all about the masses very unconventional by nature being in aquarius saturn plus rahu and rahu is in this shatbisha so it is very powerful here although like i said fixed signs have trouble with this trouble with letting go of stuff letting go of their ideas or emotions to try and explore a different perspective maybe this is what i'm missing maybe this is another way is possible for me to feel sense and know things this is the challenge of fixed signs ketu on the other hand is an artha of leo Falcon, so you got to see where sun is placed sun wherever it's placed in the chart in any chart determines the soul's attachment to it as ego that's why sun is personified as ego when it is embodied <clears throat> so artha means it's the means it's looking for some means now another thing which you will notice is artha and moksha always are fluctuating between every axis of rahu and ketu and dharma and kama are fluctuating this itself field reflect is a ton of meanings vedic astrology is just uncovering psychology 1001 okay if you just study this psychology of all these nakshatras and zodiacs and how vedic astrology thinks about it 
you don't need to study any more psychology seriously and i studied some fair degree of five ten years of mainstream psychology so i know where they come from also well if you know that and this then you'll make an excellent counselor so leo and virgo it's artha of pura falguni is leo sun in navamsha it goes into virgo so analyzing between natal and navamsha aquarius going into pisces means what air going into water and fire going into earth so it's a very dynamic push and pull for these folks you are trying to take two dissimilar elements all together we don't meet they have no meeting ground air does not meet water neither does fire meet earth okay so the transformation can be somewhat tricky through life if you want to go analyze natal plus navamsha kind of thing also one thing to bear in mind is as we go from natal to navamsha the dispositor itself changes if you see natal it is saturn but navamsha of shatbhisha is pisces suddenly becomes jupiterian because pisces rules jupiter same way for the ketu part in natal chart leo the dispositor is sun whereas in the navamsha it is virgo so you go from sun to mercury you go from ego to intelligence you can analyze this way also in uh, rahu in natal chart aquarius becomes all about air first all about mind 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 thinking 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 unconventional thinking and then later on in life when i say later it means 36 years plus so some of you who are 35 year olds who have this are right now sitting and analyzing this in your life isn't that wonderful and then aquarius goes into pisces so later on they want to get into an emotional highest form of understanding and emotional intelligence which they want to use in their life they want to aspire towards emotional intelligence like it's no longer about the mind now it's about my emotion that kind of a thing so that's what's the first pada providing us aquarius to pisces and leo to virgo now understand one more thing here before i go into the next pada ketu energy try to use it towards rahu energy that's why compared to the previous ones i have marked the arrow as one directional going from ketu towards rahu because ketu you you find detachment towards you shouldn't you should use your ketu aspects to move into rahu because rahu wants to give you those gifts in the world it's a bhoga karaka but the real treasure for getting those gifts is with ketu that's how you sort of try to practically unify the rahu and ketu aspects in your life in your daily life now let's get into the second man the third pada of shatbhisha so now we go to the pada 3 of shatbhisha where rahu has moved in <clears throat> so pada 3 of aquarius in shatbhisha as you can see is as aquarian as it can get it's the desire factor of aquarius aquarius in navamsha and natal being the same that means even if your ascendant is aquarius in these degrees it will be the same in navamsha so you are aquarian in natal aquarian in navamsha 
and on the opposite end of the spectrum, even Purva Falcone, the Dharmapada from where Ketu is sitting, is the same. It is natal Leo and Namamsha Leo. This is as Leo as a person can get. You know, wants to boss around, wants to be the leader of everything. Inherently lazy, like the lion, right? Inherently very lazy, laid back. I need everybody else to do the work. I will sit here and enjoy my life. That kind of a person. But now Ketu sits in Leo, in Purva Falguni, and in the Vargottama. Vargottama simply means natal and Namamsha have the same zodiac sign. So essentially, it's the same dispositor in natal, same dispositor in Namamsha. Understand that, number one. So now what you got to start seeing in this Pada is the themes of Purva Falguni and themes of Shatabisha. Shatabisha is unconventional maverick. It wants to do things deeply and introvertedly. Why? Because its deity is Varuna. Varuna is the cosmic space. The cosmic space that pervades everything. That's why he is called the god of cosmic waters. What is a cosmic water? If you sit and think about it, it is basically ether or something that pervades everything. So, Shatabhisya, deity Varuna has access to everything that goes on everywhere in all dimensions and planes of existence. He can see everything. This is why it gives them the great power of healing also in Shatabhisya. That's why it's called Shatabhisya, power of 100 physicians. You can look up the 27 nakshatras in the playlist. So in this particular axis, what happens when we are doing Aquarius to Aquarius, Leo to Leo? Strong detachment from the material planes of existence. These people have a strong sense of, I don't want all these materials and things, although they will have it. They might be born very in very rich families. 2007 to 1989, just see if your chart is there. You might be wealthy, you might have access to wealth, luxuries and all that, but you are not attached to it. Instead, you want to go and discover the secrets of life in Aquarius and you want to bring that to the masses. This can be a very powerful access for those who want to bring about great change in the collective. Set up new institutions, very unorthodox type of thinking, out of the box type of thinking. Steve Jobs kind of thinking, you know, he bought the first smartphone, the iPhone. So it's that kind of a thing that revolutionizes the thinking. And Aquarius, being Aquarius and in Shatabhisha, they will be the master of this. They are the masters, Shatabhisha, of bringing the absolute intangible, new, innovative ideas from their intelligence, from their intuition. They are highly intuitive into the practical world, into the everyday world. Somebody has to have the ability to tap into intuition very strongly so that you bring that higher knowledge into this world in this shift. You see where I am going with this. Shatapisha is very capable of that. But Rahu being there, Rahu is a guy who always wants to move, 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 move. Right? Rahu is going from one thing to another constantly. Whereas Aquarius, being a fixed sign, wants to keep things fixed. This is driving me nuts. I need to keep things straight. I need to go on a straight track. Let me focus on one thing and get that one thing done. Rahu in this Shatabhisha, in this Pada, makes it challenging for them to do that. They can. Nothing is impossible. 
humans have done the most grand things but in this pada they got to be a little careful especially if it's in the one seven axis if rahu is in the ascendant in shatpisha in this thing oh my god this person has a capacity for greatest transformation self or bringing to the masses depending on the rest of the planets and everything else but they also might be having the greatest set of challenges so be careful about this in this particular pada now let's see the capricorn cancer axis which is second pada of shatpisha so there we have it now we are in the second pada of shatpisha rahu sitting there and ketu is in capricorn so we are talking about cancer capricorn pada axis okay so what does this bring us well cancer and capricorn is all about heart and mind it's all about home and external world cancer and capricorn in the kalpurusha lagna you can see my other video on kalpurusha lagna is all about mother and father it's about heart and mind it's about male and female essence the male wants to go out there as capricorn and do stuff in the world the mother the female wants to be in the house she's the protector of the nest this classical themes of male and female play out in the cancer capricorn axis in general okay here ketu is sitting in cancer in navamsha so navamsha dispositor will be moon whereas in navamsha of um, shatpisha in the second pada of artha where it wants the means it is sitting in capricorn it wants to go out there and do stuff and you have got to see the saturn there also so you got to see saturn in natal and saturn in navamsha because saturn rules both aquarius and capricorn what does this tell us detachment from the home and matters of emotion ketu sitting there attachment towards going out there and doing stuff wherever saturn is sitting in saturn usually does stuff which is right opposite to it seventh house seventh aspect from saturn right opposite saturn looks and say i want to go and do that in this world wherever whichever house it's sitting in so this is what rahu gives this capricorn behaves like in shatabesha it could be unpractical stuff as well it could be more of conceptual because now we are talking about shatabesha you got to give the color of the nakshatra always 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 so shatabesha is a conceptual person he is aquarius in nature so he wants to go out there into conceptual stuff right so he might be able to bring new ideas and be obsessive compulsive rahu is obsessive compulsive ocd type in nature original this leads to originality rahu is very original in nature you might want to go out there and bring unconventional ideas but from a emotionally detached place you see what i'm saying so you got to see other planets as well for example this person may become a great writer of abstract fiction science fiction shatvisha is science fiction 101 if mercury is well placed and if mercury is in the 6th house all these things are there whatever you want to accomplish in this world is dependent on a lot of factors that's what it does in the second pada of aquarius in chatpisha now let's take the first one so in the first pada of chatpisha 
if Rahu sits there, it's natal Aquarius, so you got to see Saturn where it is sitting, and in Navamsha you got to see Jupiter. This is the one where Rahu goes later on in life and starts imitating Jupiter, like wanting to be the guru of things, wanting, seeking wisdom, higher meanings of life, all the Jupiterian qualities, teacher, professor. And it is detached in Ketu, in the Kama section, means it is detached from Gemini. So ruler in Navamsha, you got to see Mercury as a dispositor, where Mercury is placed. You might say this is an intellect graduating towards wisdom, detachment from intellect and seeking more of wisdom wherever Jupiter is sitting. And as opposed to Mercury, we have seen that Jupiter does not like Mercury, although Mercury has no beef with Jupiter. You can see the dispositor friend and enemy chart there. So this person might be more inclined towards seeking more wisdom in life in wherever area Jupiter is sitting in, in the chart, and especially if it's a 1, 4, 7 and 10, like I spoke of in this earlier. <clears throat> Whatever happens in your houses 1, 4, 7 and 10, it determines and makes it defines who you are. All other houses are just things which are added on to you and subtracted from you in life. So there you have it, gentlemen. This is the analysis of Rahu Ketu access through four padas in Shatvisha. Next video, we shall examine Dhanishta, which basically is the first one governed by Mars, so it falls two padas within uh, Aquarius and two within Capricorn. So we are splitting Aquarius and Capricorn in half, and we'll see each of these padas. Okay. Meanwhile, I'll leave you to analyze this especially if you're born in 2007 or 1989 because you have this axis of Rahu Ketu in your chart somewhere in one of the houses, opposite houses. Take care. Be safe.